Romans chapter number one, let's look at a few things that we have mutually. We started this particular study a few weeks ago, but I want to conclude it, to conclude it tonight. Let's look at verse number, if you would look at verse number 11 and 12. Here's the heart of the Apostle Paul. He said, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end that ye may be established. He said, I, I want to be where you are, and I'd like to give you something spiritually that would strengthen you, establish you. It's the word, the establish is the word we get the word steroid from. Uh, it's a sterizo, is I think, if, if I say that correctly in Greek, it says, I want you to, to be established. I want you to have, and I want to give you something that will help you. Look at the next verse and read it with me out loud. Verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by, that we can be comforted together by the mutual faith, both of you and me. I want to talk to you just for a few moments tonight and remind you some things that we have mutually together as God's people. Of course, the book of Romans, a great book of the Bible, the sixth book of our New Testament, the first of the epistles, and uh, rightfully so, 16 chapters, and it lays out uh, really an introduction, and then it talks about sin. And then it gives, it talks, that's chapters 1 through 3. Chapters 4 and 5 talk about salvation, how God provides justification from sin through the person of Jesus Christ. Then chapters number 6, 7, and 8 are talking about sanctification, how we can be uh, victorious in our Christian life after we're saved. Chapters 9, 10, 11 are primarily the sovereignty of God in relation to Israel and his salvation plan. And it's a great passage of Scripture. We oftentimes turn there to witness to people down the Roman road, and, but it, it speaks very much about the sovereignty of God, how God uses Israel with his plan for salvation for the whole world. And then chapters 12 through 6, 16 primarily deal with service and uh, how we should serve the Lord. It kind of ends chapter 8 with uh, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And then chapter 12, that's 9 and 10, 9, 10, 11, are kind of parenthetical in my opinion. But chapter number 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brother, if you know, nothing separates you from the love of God, then you need to serve him. You need to present yourself a living sacrifice to God and tells us how to serve him in government. In chapter uh, 13, chapter 14, how to work with weaker brothers and sisters and the strong, work with the weak, and we don't offend each other. We don't get in each other's way. Chapter 15 also, and then chapter 16 is much more a little bit of a closing chapter of God's word uh, to people. Now, Paul at this time had, I don't think he had been to Rome. He's probably in Corinth. And he is there, and on his third missionary journey, he has not yet been to Rome, but all roads led to Rome. And so he had led many people to there. It looks like Aquil and Priscilla, Phoebe was among others, and other folks that probably he had met in the way that now lived in Rome. He was excited to go there. He, didn't, he thought he was going to go there on his own will. He went there as a prisoner. He went there in, in shackles and in, in, as, a, as a prisoner uh, from Caesarea Philippi and other places uh, going up that direction. It took a long boat trip, 276 other people 
that uh, were on that boat together with him, and they finally ended up in Rome. But uh, he said, I'm looking forward to getting there and being with you. But there were people that had been saved through his ministry and others' ministry, and now they were in Rome, and he writes them this letter. And I am so glad. Many people believe that one of the greatest books of our Bible, if you could only pick one of the 66 books, you would want to grab hold of the book of Romans because it is the, the Christian theology. The theology of Christianity is found uh, beginning in verse, chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to chapter 16 and the conclusion of that. But I love that verse number 12 where Apostle Paul says, I long to be comforted with you with our mutual faith. What do we have in common one with another? I just want to give you a quick review. Would you look if you'd please? The first thing I want you to notice in verse number one, Paul, the servant of Christ, of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Number one, I have in common with you, you have in common with me, and anyone who is a blood-bought child of God, you have this in common. You have been separated for a purpose. In this world, it's very natural. All of us have a tendency to want to blend in instead of, and instead of standing out. We, we have that temptation. I think whenever the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 1, now the Spirit speaketh expressly in the last days, some shall depart from the faith. They're going to depart from the faith. It's just what happens. It's one of the more difficult things in Christianity is have people that at one time you loved, you agreed with, and now they've taken the exit. They've gotten off the exit and they're going a different way. And it's difficult. They've departed from the faith. It doesn't mean they're going to hell. It does mean that they are not practicing obedience to the revealed will of God. Faith is trusting God enough to obey him. They stopped obeying the Bible, what they know is true. And then unfortunately... There is a four-step process and digression that takes place. He's in the, spirit. the Spirit is telling me, obviously, some will depart from the faith. And here's number one. They start listening, giving heed to seducing spirits. A lady who dresses seductively is trying to appeal to that which is naturally in a man. Somebody who is addicted to alcohol, someone who wants to get them drunk, or drinking will seduce them with alcohol and appeal with that is naturally in them. Well, one thing I think is naturally in all of us is a desire to blend in to this world system. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to be real, real different. We don't like the stigma, the reproach. At the same time, the Bible tells us here, he said, number one, uh, he said, be careful. It'll start with listening to seductive spirits. Things like, you know, you don't have to go to church on all those services. What do you do, living at the church? You don't have to dress like that. that is, I mean, you don't have to, you're not a good Christian. Oh, just different things that people will say. What's wrong with a little bit of drink? There's nothing wrong with those drinking Jesus' drink. They'll tell all kinds of stuff. Let me tell you something. The devil loves three tools. He loves to get us with lies, with doubt, and, uh, and he also loves fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Many of us, we don't witness to people because we're afraid. Uh, sometimes, it, sometimes it's doubt. Boy, doubt comes into all of our heart. I was talking to a precious lady who I know knew the Lord, but at a weak moment, she said, Pastor, would you help me? Would you make sure I'm saved? I'm most scared. I'm afraid. 
And I, although I've led people to Christ, I'm, I'm going through a deep valley. And I said, you know what? You're in good company. Lots of people have been afraid. Lots of people have been subject to doubt. Even John the Baptist, the very person that heard the voice of God and saw the Shekinah glory of God come on Jesus when he baptized, spent his whole life telling people that he was the Messiah, said, behold, the Lamb of God at a weak moment, said, go find if he's really the Messiah, we look for another. Because the devil is a sinister minister of doubt and fear and lies. But he likes to seduce us with seductive spirits that draw us away. Number two, he goes on to say that uh, doctrines of devils, what's that? that? That's not someone getting up on a Sunday morning and teaching you how to do witchcraft and how to bring out Satan in the service. No. That's just truth laced with error. That's a lot of good stuff with, with some really bad stuff inside. He's an angel of light. He's a lion. And certainly he's an angel of light that tries to, he's a liar, he's a lion, he's an angel of light that's trying to, to create problems, doctrines of devils. And then lies and hypocrisy. People begin to think, and I think when people depart from the faith, they start listening to someone they shouldn't listen to. Then they start receiving doctrine that's not pure. There's some slick fellow on the thing, and just I was listening to a guy the other day, and he blessed my heart, but, and it's tragic. He, was a, he worked at a, at a Bible college, and he said, you know, I, it, it grieves me that I'll, we'll pour our hearts into these young people in the Bible college, and we'll give them, we'll love them, we'll minister them, we'll counsel them through their problems, we'll teach them the Bible, and then they leave our class, they leave chapel, and they go, and they'll put a, an earbud in their ear and listen to a podcast or watch a, a YouTube of a fellow who doesn't even know them, doesn't care about them, but he's slick and he's smart, and all of a sudden he casts doubt on everything we're teaching them, and they'll believe that guy instead of believing someone that's the truth. So it grieves me. And what is true, but what happens is it's seductive spirits. Doctrines of devils, and then lies and hypocrisy. Just like, you know, I have never been so close to God. Now, they have a cocktail in their hand. You know, they're living in, in a very uh, worldly way, but all of a sudden now they just have so much freedom and joy, and they go to church on a celebration service once a week or do, do other things. And I'm not, I want to be terribly critical, but all of a sudden they're the good people, and now they're shaking off the chains of, of legalism. They're, they're all of a sudden, now there's so much freedom. And it's a lie. They have, they have acted like that serving Christ is a real labor. Sacrifice is just as normal as what Jesus did. He said, look, you're going to have to have a cross. And a cross isn't a, isn't, it's, it's a stigma. It's a, it was a, it's an instrument of torture. It was a place of sacrifice. And well, we live in a very, uh, very plush, luxurious culture. And we want Christianity on our terms. But then he says, then they'll have, they'll, they'll have their conscience seared with a hot iron. I don't know about you, but I always want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. I haven't always been, but I want to be. I don't want God to have to yell at me. I'd like to know that if God's speaking, I want to listen. But I don't want to have my conscience seared. You know, you have a responsibility to keep your conscience. I've got to keep my conscience. And that's why separation is so important. Be careful who you listen to. I know years ago, Brother Hiles was telling people, don't even read anything but the Bible. <laughs> you know, and we thought, man, this guy's lost his, lost his noodle. What's going on, you know? But he got so tired of everybody being influenced. Boy, what would he, would he get? He'd be really crazy of social media today, huh? 
Oh, my goodness. He was telling us, don't read this book. Don't read this book. Don't, just read your Bible, you know, because they were getting these harebrained ideas from things that were not biblical. And it was leading people astray, and it broke his heart. It'll break anybody's heart that cares about people. But then their conscience is seared. Nothing can fix them. Nothing, nothing, nothing can fix them. Like, I have no conviction about that. That's not important to me anymore. And, I, boy, I don't want to get that way. You know, we're separated unto God. I must hasten. I've taken too long on that one, but it was a lot of fun. Here we go. Let's look at here. Verse number two, uh, we have promised a four by the prophets of the Holy Scriptures. The next thing we have in common, separation and the Scriptures. Would you say them back to back with me? Separation. Aren't you glad we can open the same Bible and read it? I'm glad for the King James Version of the Bible. I'm glad we can look at that and see it together and rejoice that we don't have to wonder. I like the public reading of Scripture because it's really frustrating reading the public reading of Scripture with other versions of the Bible. I'm glad we have that in common. We have God's Word preserved for us in this. We have the separation. We have the Scriptures. I want you to look, if you would, please, at verse number 3. Now, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ. How many have Christ as your Savior? You're with me on that? We have that in common. We have separation. We have the scriptures. We have the Son of God in common. Look, if you would please, in number four. And declared to be the Son of God with what? We have, we have spiritual, and, and, uh, spiritual strength and power. All power is given to us. It's given to Jesus, so it's given to us. We really have to realize that we, the Bible believer, uh, and the Bible believer is right. It's right. The devil, society, you're even your own selfish will sometimes tell you, oh, no, you're not right. You are the right one. The Bible is true. What people want to cast doubt. But, you know, a, an experienced Christian, and a Christian with an experience, with a real relationship with Jesus Christ, is no match for a, an atheist with an argument. Somebody who's really in love with the Lord Jesus Christ is no match for an infidel with an argument. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't beat a guy who knows God through his word. You can't, you can't really get a guy to, it can hurt to be rejected, but boy, we have this in common. We have the power of the Lord. We have the Son of God. We have the scriptures. We have separation. Let's look at what we have real quickly. Verse number five. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. I want to think of the word obedience. What do you think of? It starts with an S. Submission, yeah, we're submitted to the Lord. Look at the next one, verse number six. Among whom also we are called the Son of God, and then to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice tonight, verse number eight. First, when you see the word first, what makes you, th what, do you make, what do you think about that? It's a priority, isn't it? Something that should be put, put uh, up there at the top. He said, first, I'd like to thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. So he says, you know what? I want to express gratitude. By the way, you know what the first step is to live in a deviant, wicked lifestyle? He'll say in just a few moments, neither were they thankful. Are you a grateful person? Would your husband say you're grateful? Would your wife say you're grateful? Would your kids say, Mama is one of the most thankful people? Would your grandkids say, Oh, Grandpa, he's just always thanking God? Well, I think it's something we ought to remember. He said, First, I thank God that what's going on in Rome has got all over the world. Your faith is spread abroad, and uh, there's gratitude. Let's look at the next statement, verse number 9. 
For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Here we see servitude. And then we talk about the gospel. We even heard our missionary talk about this this evening. How about the most important thing is not government, it's not political, it's not the medical, it's not the intellectual, it's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I want to see, you see gratitude here, but you also see service. As we approach Sunday, and I want to plead with you, why don't you decide, you know what, Lord willing, I will not be myself by myself at least one of the next three Sundays. You might have someone lined up to come Sunday and they don't come. Boy, get a determination. On the second Sunday, someone's going to be there with me. Ask God, Lord, don't let me sit by myself. Let me, <coughs> let me serve you. Let me give my effort. Let me pray that the gospel will be sounded out from me and sounded out from you and that you'll be used of God to get the gospel. I'm impressed with the opportunity we have. I think this, the program is be great, but don't, don't say, well, I'm going to wait till the first Sunday and see if I really like it. Have someone here Sunday. Ask God, Lord, help me to serve the gospel of your son. And then I want you to notice the last thing, and we'll, con we'll conclude. Verse number nine. For God is my witness, whom I serve. By the way, can God witness us serving the Lord in our spirit with the gospel of his son? That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my what? Prayers. I'm asking you, please pray. He says, making request. If by any means at length I might have the prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. And of course, he'll talk about coming together and comfort them with a mutual faith. But I want to encourage you uh, in this time, be, be grateful. Be serving. And say, God, give me a chance to invite someone, to encourage someone to be here with me. And then pray. I was blessed the other day. I was riding with Brother John Condit. And uh, while we're riding together and uh, someone else was driving, he was going through his phone and he had a list of people that he was praying for. And he told me this and it blessed my heart, something I've never thought of. You know, the Bible tells us, who's afraid, okay, I think it's best when you pray for people, you should pray specifically about a need they have. But you know what Paul says several times in his writing? Making mention of you in my prayers. Just saying to the Lord, Lord, please help Doug and help. Joel, and help Susie and, and, and Rita. Lord, work in, work in Sally's life. Making mention of people in your prayers. I think it's important. Apostle Paul used over 90 names, if I'm not mistaken, in the New Testament of people. And he says, oftentimes, making mention of you in our prayers. I want to encourage you, let's ask God to help us. Something we share mutually is an opportunity to praise God, to be thankful to God, to serve the Lord in the gospel of his son, and then to pray, making mention of people in a prayer. I want to encourage you, get it. if you don't have a list of people you're praying for, begin that list tonight. And let's pray earnestly over the next month. And let's see if, wouldn't it be wonderful if next year, Christmas time, we could say, if you got saved in the Christmas of 2021, would you stand? And boy, there'll be people standing, and they'll be standing with you. And there'll be people that God used, and we want to see that happen.